down because they're facts. And we can believe them and we're expected to dig into it and get life out of it. I'm excited because gospel is good news and not good advice. The texts are not Aesop's fables or fairy tales, but historical accounts. I'm excited by that. I like the way a researcher and takes it seriously when he writes. And one of the things about Luke is that if you, if you sort of dig in, you'll see that he's always trying to highlight the outsider. He was an outsider. He's the only Gentile writer of the New Testament. He was an outsider. He wasn't a Jew. He wasn't brought up in normal religious stuff. He wasn't a called person of Israel. And you'll notice very often when he will these parables, he'll have one about a man and then one about a woman. We're going to be reading about Zechariah and Elizabeth. And you'll notice that Elizabeth is the one who's far more switched on with God than Zechariah. He's the only one who tells the story anyway. And the whole act is about the wonder of the fantastic good news going out into the whole world and the battle that was for the people who were doing it. Because they were Israelites and, well, surely, you know, were the chosen ones. And God was saying, no, this is for the whole world. And Acts is like an unfolding of that and a challenge to the people of God when they did that. So I love Luke. <laughs> I'm so grateful that he wrote that his books, his scrolls are included in this great book that we have, the Bible. So today we're going to be looking at this elderly couple. And in the coming days we're going to be looking at other people who are outsiders. So next week we're going to be looking at the poor and insignificant Mary and her carpenter fiance who lived in Nazareth of all places. Then we're going to look at the shepherds who were marginalised people and got up here to them. And then we're going to consider two elderly folk right at the end of their lives. One of them widows Widows, we don't know exactly how long, but something that she'd been widow for 18 years. God appeared to her and Simeon. He didn't come to the religious elite. He came to those he really cared for and loved, which included the religious elite. But he made a point, I think, of the way he came to be with us. I'm going to do quite a bit of reading because I want to make sure we read the scripture. And uh, rather than the interpretation, <coughs> and we'll just comment on that now. I'll we'll a few questions as we go along. So, if you've got a Bible, Luke 1 is where we're aiming. And we're going to read from 5 to 25. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division for Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well on in years. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God. He was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. 
And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you ought to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never been wine or fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will bring back them to the will, he will bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient, the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. My wife is well on in years. The angel answered, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you'll be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens. Because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he couldn't speak to them. They realized he'd seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he's shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. What a lovely couple. <coughs> Observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. That's quite a compliment, seeing as it comes from Scripture. But they were heartbroken because they had no children. They prayed, but nothing had happened. And that brought disgrace on them in that culture. And in that culture too, it would be seen as the woman's fault. But we're told the angel said, you're going to have a boy who will be a joy and a delight to you. Oh, yes! We're going to have a boy! Can you imagine? But he didn't believe it. How can I be sure of this? And scripture says he could not believe it. And he was unable to speak. He was silenced. It seems actually he was deaf as well. Because if you read on in verse 62, when he was asked to say, Do you want to call him Zechariah? They had to write it on a tablet so he could read it. How interesting. Now I'm going to read a bit more. A similar story. This is Luke 1, 26 to 38. In the sixth month, God sent the same angel, Gabriel, 
to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at this words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, Is it some virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren in her sixth month is in the sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to thee as you have said. Then the angel let us know. Similar story, same angel, same kind of promise. Why was Zechariah punished and Mary not? What was the difference? Take a minute or two to think about that and maybe talk to someone next to you. Zechariah's reaction, he was startled. The word means, was a word, I know it's a good Greek pronunciation, I'm no Greek scholar, but it's terasso. It means troubled or agitated. It's the same word as Mary, where she was greatly troubled. So it's the same word with a suffix or a prefix, whatever it is. It's the only time she used in scripture. She was greatly troubled. She was severely agitated. So it's the same kind of reaction. Whoa! This is frightening. <coughs> same reaction. Zechariah was gripped with fear. He said, How can I be sure of this? Mary says she wondered, verse 29. Mary was greatly troubled with his words and wondered what kind of greeting this would be. In the old King James Version it says that she cast in her mind. It's quite a good translation actually, I think. Because it means to reason, to reckon thoroughly. Some think it's an accounting phrase, to make an audit. Luke and Mark and one of the other writers use the same word. So when Jesus turned to the disciples and said, what were you discussing? on the way. And in Luke it says, they were questioning their hearts concerning John the Baptist. So it's like an inquiry. It's kind of, what's going on here? I don't understand, but I need to know, kind of thing. I think it's really interesting what I need to share with you. Is I still here? She says she's got a kind of mind like that. And I think it's wonderful that there's nothing wrong with asking questions 
is how we ask them. I think that's maybe a difference here. I've also been reading around this and uh, I was telling Heather writes some good stuff. And one of the things he says is he suggests that these days we tend to have a very arrogant attitude to people in ancient texts and think that they have a low IQ or unintelligent. And it's a nonsense. They may not have the same education as we've had, but they're intelligent people. We've been trained by our culture not to believe in what we can't understand and rationalise. We're trained we need to be in control. Mary had been trained by a Jewish culture not to believe that God would ever come as a human being. That would be disrespectful. She couldn't even say the word Yahweh. So, this was a big thing. So what does that teach us about doubt? You can have doubt that's a closed mind. It's actually saying, I don't want this. That's my doubt. I'm pushing it away. Or doubt can be an inquiring mind. An open mind. That actually, it doesn't understand, but it's quite prepared to invite in some truth to say, I've got doubt, but I need to know. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Which one are you? It breaks my heart when I talk to people. And God shows up for them, does miracles in their lives, and they still don't think he's God. They're closing off. And there are others you can meet who just want to know. <laughs> what type are you? <coughs> I talked to Chris about this this morning. She said, I don't know what to I do with any of you that told me I was going to be great. <laughs> Still. She said, let's track some food. What do we do? He's not that, Alex. I'm also intrigued that the person who found difficulty was the one who lived uprightly, correctly, done all the right things, blameless, even. I find that quite frightening <laughs> because I'm not saying we're all blameless, I hope we don't think we are. But we kind of try and do the right things and we come to church and we kind of do the offerings and keep the commandments. And... But you know, sometimes that can blind us. And why that is, I hope we'll explore that a little bit in a minute. One of the things that scares me, if I'm honest, is when I'm really honest with myself and realise it's not doing a sin that upsets me, it's the fact I want to. It's the fact that in my heart is a, is a desire to do something that I know I shouldn't. That's what troubles me. That's what shocks me. Oh God, why? Why still? But that's why there's good news. That's why actually Jesus came to become like one of us and to enter into humanity so that he could live with that stuff and not sin. And what is more, because of that and because of the cost he paid by going not just through birth but through life and death and resurrection, 
He enables you and me to be able to live without having to give in to what we could not resist before. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And it's not like we can take the credit and say, oh, no, I'm blameless because I bought this, because I know Johnny, but I can't. But when you're faced with it, you can turn to God and say, God, help! He does! <laughs> because he's paid the price and broken the curse of it that keeps you locked in to a way of behaviour and thinking <coughs> that you could not make. What a gospel this is. So a question that comes out of that is, am I willing to obey anything that God says, whether I like it or not? And am I willing to trust in anything He sends into my life, whether I understand it or not? Because I've come to realize that what He's done for me is humongous, because He loves me and He's come to rescue me. And one of the, I'm not going to be preaching on it today, so I won't go too far into it, but there's that phrase, peace on earth, you know, and all this other Christmas, we don't maybe, Christmas cards, and you know, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. I've always struggled with that scripture, because I think, well, look around. Where's peace on earth, for goodness sake? It's like something we wish would happen, but it's never going to happen, really. <laughs> what does it mean, peace on earth? It's a fairy tale. Peace on earth. You're at peace on earth. I can be at peace on earth even when everything around me is difficult. Even when I'm in conflict, I can know peace on earth. Before I was a Christian, I never knew that. Ever. Always had to be something I hadn't got to get peace on earth. That's the good news. There's no promise this earth is going to get more comfortable or with less conflict, but that humans can know peace on them. Wow. And that carries into eternity. I suggest you can't know peace unless you've gone through the conflict of repentance. And recognising that you have to admit things you don't want to admit, And there's the conflict of submitting to God because he has given control of your life. So, I think that's what's happening here. So Zechariah was kind of saying, not sure I want God to be in control of my life. Whereas many were saying, this is awesome, this is scary. But she said, okay, what a lovely one. Okay. Last bit of Luke, which I'm going to read for the moment, is Zechariah's song, and a bit before it. So, verse 57. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son, and the neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he's called John. They said to her, There's no one among your relatives who has that name. And they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, 
His name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loose and he began to speak, praising God. The neighbours were all filled with awe and throughout the hill country of Judea people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he's come and redeemed his people. He's raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said to his prophets long ago. Salvation from our enemies, for the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenants. The oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called a prophet of the most high, for your God before the Lord prepared the way before him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those who live in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. What was happening then with Zechariah? Was he too old? Was it too late? He had nine months walking around his Jericho, silent, unable to talk, maybe unable to hear, shut in, imprisoned, having to ponder what was going on. And what released him when he named the child? When you name a child in, those, in that culture, he was really important. This was you. This is my child, so I'll call him my name. It's the family name. That's what it's all about. And after all, this child was promised to be a joy and a delight to me. It's my child. But he had to give that up and say, this is John. John means God is gracious from his hidden place. God is gracious. It must be tough for him to make that decision. And you read this song, and I kind of thought, if it had been the song, it's praise be to God, I've got this child at last who's going to bring a smile to my face, and who can take my flocks when I die, and who's going to be a lovely person in the family, and be a delight to my wife Elizabeth. We don't hear any of that, do you? This song is all about words of redeeming, salvation, rescue, forgiveness, peace. Something that happened in Zechariah. Um, I noticed with Mary too that they didn't have these great prophetic utterances until they'd made a decision, until they'd made a step, until they'd exercised something of a response towards God and said, okay, okay. And then He talks about rescue. Rescue from what? Well, salvation from our enemies, the hand of the meters. Rescue us from the hand of our enemies, he says. 
To an endless disturbing of an atmosphere, that sounds quite political, doesn't it? But if you read on, it says, to give these people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of <coughs> because of the tender mercy of our God, to shine on those living in darkness and the shadow of death. I think Zechariah had realized it had dawned on him in his silence and his wrestling and his grief that the real problem wasn't the political environment. The real problem was not the enemies and the Romans and the oppression of the Jews at the time. The real problem was in his own heart. He needed forgiveness. He was twisted. Even though he had all these great works and tried to be faithful to God, inwardly he knew there was darkness. And that actually this good news was as much for the oppressed as the oppressor. I think one of the greatest challenges of this season of the Christmas message, if I call it that, of the gospel, I prefer that word, is that for the gospel to make sense, you need to know you need a saviour. I can't do it on my own. I can't. I need a saviour. There's a darkness within me, there's an inability to save myself. That's very countercultural. But it's true, isn't it? If we're honest. I need a rescuer. And Jesus came. God saw that the world, all humanity, needed rescue. How did he do it? He became flesh. It's amazing. And went through the stuff we go through. And then was crucified for it because people don't want that. And rose again. So that we can know rescue and live a life that's impossible to live without grace, the Holy Spirit. God's goodness to us. Coin John. Grace. He was not too old. Hallelujah. It wasn't too late for him. But he had a struggle. Don't we all? I'm going to quote Timothy Keller again. There has never been a gift offered that makes you swallow your pride to the depths that the gift of Jesus Christ requires us to do. Christmas means we're so lost, so unable to save ourselves, that nothing less than the birth and death of the Son of God Himself can save us. That means that you're not somebody who can pull yourself together and live a moral and good life. But the good news is he thinks you're worth it. How about that? 
Deus Amém I'll conclude How do you react to what God says? Do you doubt by pushing away or do you doubt by inviting in? Can you be really honest with yourself in those dark moments and think, actually, I need help? And will you accept God's rescue when He's done so much? Everything, 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 everything. For you to know it. What's the condition? He says, repent. Turn. Turn. Just turn. Realize. Turn. Turn. Ask forgiveness. Receive the mercy and grace of God that you're not your own. I created you. So don't keep your arms open and think you can do your own thing. We've got a message this Christmas, and it's for everyone. Every answer. And everyone.